Welcome back to the Odessa First Assembly podcast. I'm Tony, the Digital Ministry Manager here at OFA, and we're excited to bring you our new sermon series, Unless the Lord Builds the House. Throughout this series, we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy church, how we can grow the kingdom of God, and what revival truly looks like in our lives and communities. We'll be diving deep into the Word of God to uncover the principles and practices that will help us build our spiritual homes on a strong foundation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be challenged and inspired as we embark on this journey of growth and renewal together. Without further ado, here's Pastor Todd Starnes with today's message from Unless the Lord Builds the House. Well, good morning. Glad you're here. We're going to just jump in and uh, we're ending our series. Last week, I only could get halfway through it, and so... Um, we'll we'll see today, but next week we're gonna we're starting a new series. And actually, I intended on doing this more at the beginning of the year, and uh, but really we wanted to move forward with um, just tying in with the faith promises and this last sermon series, unless the Lord builds the house. And so, uh, but next week we're gonna start a new series on healing. Matter of fact, that's simply what this is gonna be called: is healing. And, uh, you know, the scripture tells us that Jesus, you know, he went about doing good and healing every sickness. And so we're going to talk about that the next few weeks. I'm excited about it. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Acts. Our key verse has been, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. But we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2 and finish off. Remember, we began last week with a 10-point sermon and so we got through five, so we're going to hopefully try to finish the other five this morning. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together, had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. Verse 46, and day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad, generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily being saved. Let's pray. Father, We thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for your presence, for your work. We thank you for our students, Lord, and the talents you've given them. We just pray that you continue just to stir and work and anoint, Lord, as they move forward in developing the gifts you've given them. And this morning we pray once again that our hearts be men. To to, uh, review all of last week, but there's something as I was kind of thinking this week that I wanted to talk about just very quickly, even opening up, is that... Overemphasis on any spiritual discipline can make any spiritual discipline unhealthy. And because we go through, because last week I went through our values, you know, found people, find people, uh, save people, serve, and on all those growing people change. And, and all those things are very important. And so, uh, but I also want to remind you that we, we want to look at the whole word of God and, and to really, if I, I really know a better way to say it, but to be complete disciples, to be, to be whole disciples for Jesus and, and followers. And sometimes, you know, that's where uh, churches can get unhealthy is to overemphasize any one thing. It can, lead to, it can lead to legalism. It can lead to different things. But the Scripture tells us in Ephesians 2 that you, we can't take credit for our salvation. 
It's because of the work of Jesus and that we believed. Are you with me this morning? And so a couple of things I just want to remind you of is that spiritual disciplines don't get us on God's good side. You know, no matter what we do right, God does not love us more. And no matter how much we do wrong, God does not love us less because God is love. Now, I don't have time to go into justice and, and other attributes of our Father, but listen to me. To, to, um, to, to live out as believers, we got to remember that we don't do this to get brownie points. We do it because it's our regional act of service. Also, number two, don't avoid spiritual disciplines because of legalism. You know, we as humanity were so good at swinging back and forth like a grandfather clock or a swing. You know, there was a, 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 a season of the church, especially church Pentecostal churches, that seemed to get very steeped in legalism. And then something happened is that pendulum swung, and then we got really into this hyper grace thing. And so we tend to go back and forth in extremes. But listen to me, to live out spiritual disciplines is not legalism when it's healthy. It's okay for me to talk about and preach about that we need to be a holy people. It's okay to talk about that we need to have a lifestyle of prayer and in God's word and evangelism and praying for people. It's okay to talk about those things. And number three is this. Don't treat uh, spiritual discipline as an all-or-nothing pursuit. Let me just describe what I mean by that. Don't treat spiritual discipline as an all-or-nothing pursuit. So many people are wired this way. It's like, I mean, it's like, maybe I'm all in, but if I make one mistake, forget it. Listen, you are going to mess up. You're going to fail. You're going to fall. You're not going to be perfect. Matter of fact, I had something happened this week. I, you know, I, you guys know I'm always transparent, and I, I was involved in a couple of conversations. And after those conversations, I was kind of sitting there thinking, "Yep, I think I should have prayed a little more today." <laughs> we're we're gonna fall short. We're gonna fall short. But listen, I am never gonna let a failure keep me from my pursuit of God. You know why? Because He doesn't. He's like, come on, keep coming, keep coming. So let's pick up in Acts chapter 2 and verse 44. It simply says this, all who believed were together and had all things in common. Listen, so we're talking about a healthy church. We went through five things last week. I'm not going to get onto all those. We're going to pick up on number six. A healthy church is unified. A healthy church is unified. And I have this big old long passage that's so beautiful and so powerful, but I'm not going to take the full time to read it. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 31. I would encourage you today, this afternoon, not right now while I'm preaching, but later to read that passage. It's a very important passage, and it talks about the body and how we operate together. But I want to pick up at the very end. So, Tony, if you can get to about verse um, 27, I want to pick up this, the second half of this. 
And it talks about all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you are a part of it. We're all part of the same body. All of you are together in Christ's body, each of you a part of it. Verse 28, here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles. Now you got, I want you to remember this sentence in this verse. First are apostles, second are prophets. I'm not getting into the first. It's more important to understand these offices. Third are teachers, then those who do miracles, then those who have gifts of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, who speak in unknown tongues. And here is the key to this verse. In verse 29, are, all, are we all apostles? Well, no, we're not all apostles. Are we all prophets? Well, no, we're not all prophets. Are we all teachers? No. Do we all do? I mean, these are rhetorical questions that Paul is writing here. Do we all do power, have, have the power to do miracles? No. Do we all have the gift of healing? No. Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown tongues? Listen to me. This is specifically talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 of the message in tongues and interpretation. We are all given the ability when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues. But there is a public ministry of tongues and a public ministry of interpretation. Does that make sense? That's what it's talking about right here. Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Let me show you the excellent way of life that is best for all. Listen, what this is summing up is that it takes all of us and the gifts that God has given us. And he brings us together in this model of a body that is so powerful that can impact the world around us. The church in the book of Acts had such a wonderful um, sense of unity. A healthy church is a unified church. Listen to me. Unity has really, I think we're just seeing it this year after year after year, um, in so many regards being attacked, whether it be from politics or vaccines or masks or whatever it is, it's like there's so much debate, so much division. And listen, I, even to the point of, I mean, just seeing the, the church is really, I mean, during COVID, I mean, I saw things happen and people take stands that just blew my mind. And it's like that, it, we're, we're not being the body. I mean, what better way for the enemy to attack uh, something that God wants unified than to bring disunity? But listen, everyone, if we look the same, if we acted the same, if we talked the same, if we all had the same opinions, that's not unity, that's a cult. Listen, the goal of unity is not uniformity. I'm not trying to get you to see everything the way that I see it and vice versa. I mean, I'm not trying to get all of you to get a, you know, get a haircut like me and look just like me. That would be weird. But on the, on the opposite end... If you come to the place, if you really, listen, I know there's all kinds of church hurt. There's been all kinds of unhealth in church. But if you eject yourself from church and try to do it on your own, you are playing right into the enemy's hands. Because the scripture tells us that he walks about like a roaring lion. There are people, we're all different stages of journey. And now listen to me. 
I'm going to share my heart just for a moment here, and I'm going to take the time to do this, and we may speed up the rest of these things. But divorcing one church for another is not healthy. We live in an age where maybe you know this term, church hopping. Listen, it is a tool from the pit of hell. It is. To bounce between church and church and church and church is not the way that God designed it. I'm grateful that there's all kinds of churches with all kinds of temperaments accomplishing what the mission the Lord has given them. And that's a good thing. I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't necessarily see that as division. But you may have never heard a pastor talk about this. But I'm going to tell you that just if you choose to leave a church just because you don't like something, if you choose to leave a church just because of conflict, it's not the church that's not healthy. The spiritually immature run from their problems instead of dealing with them. And so I'm going to give you the reasons to leave a church. You probably have never heard this before, have you? Not from the platform anyway. I'm going to give you the reasons that you, that, to leave a church. Number one is you move to another city. That's number one. Or another state like Alaska. If, you're within an, if you move to Monahans, you can still come to church here. They elevate culture over scripture. If they allow the culture of our society to dictate what they read in the scripture instead of bringing out from the word of what it says. Are you following me? So they're not preaching the Bible. They're not preaching the Bible. They, uh, they, teach, they teach us what they want scripture to say. But listen to me. The Bible can never mean what it was never meant to mean. I mean, you've heard, some of you have heard me say that before, right? You can never make the Bible what it was never meant to mean. Here's another one. If that church is unhealthy to the place that there is abuse of power and manipulation. And there may be some other nuances. Listen to me. I, I, and I understand that. And, and it's maybe things we can talk about. And if I kept brainstorming, I'm making think of a few other valid points. But the reality is this. The, let's look at Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7, 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Not just in the Lord, but his trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water. Listen, I, and I talk all the time about how I'm not, I'm not, don't have the greatest green thumb, but there are some principles I understand. If I were to take a sapling tree and, and, and pull it up and replant it, 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 eventually that tree is going to die. It's just, it's just the way that it works. Listen, he is a tree planted by the water and sends out its roots by the stream. If, if you, what happens so many times is before our roots start to get out, we get in a huff. Nothing happened this week is making me preach this, okay? Just so you know. That's, that's what makes it better to preach something like this. And it does not fear when heat comes. The leaves remain green. It's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. If we remain in him and he in us, 
we will bear much fruit. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But if we escape and hit the eject button when God's trying to deal something with us, that work will never get completed as we grow and mature in Christ. Acts chapter 2 and verse 45. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Yes, I'm going to take a moment and talk about money. Listen, one of the values here, we said it last week. I'm going to say it right here for point number seven. You can't outgive God. And a mark of the New Testament church in the book of Acts was their generosity. And there's a lot of people today that argue and that, you know, where, where the 10% rule of thumb is arguable in Scripture. I'm not going to get into all that and the apologetics of it and that this morning, but I tell you this. If you really look at New Testament giving, I mean, if you really take the book of Acts chapter 2 and chapter 7, um, you'll see something. Their mode of practice in the New Testament church was not 10%. It was everything. Now, let's just look at a very humanistic standpoint. 10% sounds a little better. I mean, if we, let's get down to brass tacks and talk about it. I mean, if we really, so if we really want to be biblical Christians, I mean, this is the way, if we were to do it in our modern day, oh, so-and-so, you've got your, you've got your house, you've got your vacation house, you've got your lake house and your, cat, your mountain cabin, we know so-and-so over here is homeless. That's New Testament giving. Are you following me? How many think 10% sound better? Just in the natural sense. I had, through, through years of marriage, there's been many times where we've, me and Angela, I mean, have, have given away vehicles. When we were in desperate need for a vehicle, I mean, sometimes it just didn't make sense. And I, time and time again, I'm going to tell you, every car that we gave, we got back. I mean, that's no joke. Every car that, I remember the first time it ever happened, Katrina had just happened. And, and a lot of uh, people came in and, well, they, you know, spread out everywhere because of Katrina. And we were living in this apartment. We were waiting for our house and we were living in this apartment complex. And, and man, our apartment's filled up with people from Katrina. And I'm not saying this to, you know, boast or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just talking to you about a spiritual principle. And so there was a family in our apartment complex, and, and we had, you know, got to know them and things of that nature and had no vehicle. And uh, finally, we were just like, you know what? You can have our Suburban. And we gave our Suburban to her. She never came to church. And I think that's another misconception. Listen. When, when Jesus tells us to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and visit those in prison, he says, you do in the least of these, you do unto me. But in that passage, you don't say, it, you, you don't, it doesn't read, if you do all these things, then they're going to come to your church. It doesn't say if you do all these things, they're not going to take advantage of you. It says if you do it, we do it under the Lord. Are you following me? And so we do that, and and. And so then we're kind of without, and, you know, we just kind of had some junky cars, and, 
you know, whatnot. And then um, somebody came to me. We were doing Youth Alive, and they said, you know, we have this, we have this conversion van. I mean, it was such a nice conversion van, y'all. It was so nice. And they said, I want to sow a seed to see the salvation of my kids, and I want to give you this van. And time after time, we just saw that cycle take place. You cannot outgive God, y'all. I mean, you really can't. You can't out. Generosity is not about what or how much you have. And I think that's where we get hung up so many times. It's not about a dollar amount, it's an attitude of the heart and obedience in our spirit. So, really quick, Malachi chapter 3. I don't have time, you know. We talk about bringing the tithe in a storehouse. and But just really quick, five things I want to talk about Malachi 3. Number one, your storehouse is your church home. Your storehouse is not PBN. I get, I'm just being really direct. and I, I, Hopefully, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm joyful. It's okay. I'm not mad or mean. So if I sound mean, that's not my intent. I mean, if you want to give to Benny Hinn, then call him when you go to the hospital. I I did say that out loud. I'm sorry. Sorry. Is there anything wrong with supporting other ministries? Absolutely not. Be generous. But your tithe belongs to the storehouse. It's a spiritual principle. Because what it does, that food is in the house for anyone in need. Because that's what we are. We are a local church trying to meet the need around us. People's spiritual needs and physical needs. The only area we're given permission to test God is in our tithe. There is no other place. In, matter of fact, any other place you see about Scripture about testing God, it's negative. But he says here you can test God. And matter of fact, I have a challenge for you. I wish I'd have drawn this up in writing. I have a challenge for you. I didn't... I did okay with the board, so I think there's only one in here, so it's okay. I'm going to issue a challenge. If you have never tithed before, I'm going to issue a challenge, a tithe for 90 days. If you've never done it, tithe for 90 days. Please give me a heads up that you're going to take this challenge because it'll help with what I'm going to say next. If you are faithful and tithe for 90 days and you don't see a breakthrough in some point in area of your life, I'll refund your money. Overflowing blessing is more than monetary. It is more than just money. It is so much more than that, and because it, it leads us to this. He, it's one thing for you to rebuke the enemy, but God says he will. I mean, come on, y'all. I mean, it's one thing for me to take the authority of the believer and, and enter into a place of spiritual warfare, but when God steps in and says, if you'll just be faithful and bring your tithe in the storehouse, I'll take care of the enemy. He says, I'll rebuke the devourer. I mean, that, that almost gives me goosebumps, man. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. They worship together at the temple each day. Number eight is this. A healthy church is committed. And I think this is a great... Because of our congregation size this morning, I think this is a great point to talk about. A healthy church is committed. Listen, for some reason, now there are those that see regular attendances every week. There are those that see regular attendances every couple of weeks. 
There are those that see regular attendance as every four weeks. And I'm going to tell you what I have found out, what it seems like in our church, in this church right here, that many believe that faithful attendance is every six weeks. That's why I tell people all the time when we're announcing something, you better make sure that it's being announced seven times, because if you don't, you're not going to get everybody. And there's a reason I say that. But, and I know there's some shift work. I know there's guys that, you know, people that work on Sunday. And, and, I, and I get all that. But listen to me. The scripture tells us, and do you believe we're in the last days? Who, who believes we're in the last days? Okay. The Bible says if you believe in the last days, then what you don't do is not go to church. Now, that's my West Texas vernacular. It actually says, forsake not the assembling do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. We need to come together and worship, and you need to be faithful to the house of God. And there, the national statistic is this. The national statistic is this, is that um, before COVID, right, that, like, you know, what a lot of believers that, that were faithful to church, it was every two out of three Sundays. And now it's one out of three. Think about that shift. Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Are you okay this morning? Yeah. Talking about a healthy church, remember? Acts chapter 2, verse 47. All the while praising God. A healthy church is a worshiping church. A healthy church is a worshiping church. And, I, and it really comes down to one word. Is engage. Is to engage. And I know that may look different from person to person. I know that there's all kinds of ba there are Catholic backgrounds in our church. There's Presbyterian backgrounds. There's Church of Christ backgrounds. There's Baptist backgrounds. There's all kinds of backgrounds, and and we we get in the mold and are used to worshiping and and the way in which we're familiar with. Now, if you were raised in a Pentecostal church, then you mean some get a little loud. Some shout, some clap their hands, some, some move a little bit. That's okay. That's good. I think we need to move a little bit more, actually. But anyway, it's not about necessarily, I mean, Scripture tells us that we worship in spirit and we worship in truth. With that being said, if you go through the Psalms, you go through Scripture, you also see I cry out to the living God with my heart and my flesh. You see, many places of, our, of going through the Psalms of there being hand clapping and, and hand raising and, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And, and there's all kinds of statements like that. Listen to me. What matters is that you engage with the Spirit. And, I mean, to say we worship with Spirit and truth doesn't mean that you can just soak it in. I mean, it's saying that we need to be active and engage. And listen, I, if, if you want to see the worship team get fired up, then respond in worship. There's something that happens in a room when the hungry are in front of you. It actually is a magnet to what God is doing inside of us up here. Did you hear the way that I say that? I mean, when you come with expectation or hungry, the Lord places an anointing and a mantle of those conducting the ministry to give. And man, when you get in those atmospheres, it is powerful. Yeah. 
And you can respond. I mean, you can lift your hands. You can use your vocal cords. You can worship. You can clap. I mean, listen, our statement from the very beginning for the last 10 years has been, don't make fun of the way that I worship, and I won't make fun of you. Actually, I was a little bit convicted here. We had our, um, which we have another one coming up really soon. I'll talk about that in in the coming weeks, but our combined service we did with our other Assembly of God churches that Sunday night. What that does is a powerful night. And, um, and Kaylee said something, and uh, she said, Wow, Dad, I've never, I haven't seen you jump around like that. You know? And I thought, really? Like, I'm always doing that kind of stuff. And, but sometimes we need a little sh- motivation. Listen, I, I get it. You, you may not be wired like me. I mean, I talk about it all the time. I mean, you can stick me with a bullhorn at Sonic and I'll preach the gospel and not think two things about it. You may not be wired that way. It's okay. I'm not telling that you have to jump. I'm not telling you you have to do these things. But I tell you, if you engage, it'll transform your encounter with God. And the last thing is this. And I, you know, let me just say this. Especially with, you know, Asbury. Jesus, anybody seen Jesus Revolution? I want to tell you, I, I can't remember the last time I promoted a movie from the, from the platform, but if you haven't seen it, go see that movie. I mean, hopefully it's still showing. I mean, I, I even said, I, I've told, did Angela, if all the youth want to go, I'll pay for them all. If y'all want to set up a time and go, I'll pay for it. I'll pay. So let me know how many. We'll pay for it. I'll, I may go too. Is an old guy okay going with you guys? Is that all right? Okay. <laughs> but th- I said all that to say this. I'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire. Because people get so worried. Well, the flat pastor, they may be in the flesh. What's more in the flesh? Somebody jumping and acting a little crazy or somebody sitting in the pew like this? What, what's more in the flesh? I, mean, I probably got too much on a soapbox this morning, huh? Sorry. Number 10 is this, and I'll close with this. Acts 2.47, And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. See, to be a healthy church, to apply all these principles, this is the culmination. Because a healthy church builds the kingdom. A healthy church sees people saved. A healthy church sees people's lives transformed and changed. A healthy church, don't mean to embarrass her, a healthy church has testimonies like Miranda. A a healthy church builds the kingdom. And listen to me, a healthy church, it it is outward focused. If we do these other nine things, then I believe we'll be that healthy church that builds the kingdom. The easiest temptation and the quickest way for a church to die is not build the kingdom. But that's not who we want to be. Listen, I, you know, there's all kinds of things that uh, I, I really wish I had time to, to elaborate on, but I refuse for this church to be an inward church about ourselves and what we want. I have said it so many times. There's, there, there's songs we sing from time to time. I'll be honest. I don't like them. I mean, I think, I mean, 
But you know what I do? I don't stand there with my hands in my pockets and be mad how I don't like the song. You know what I do? I worship anyway because that's how you worship in spirit and truth. And I can't tell you how many times I may be thinking about that song and then I'll, somebody will approach me in the foyer and say, man, when so-and-so sang that song, boy, what God did in me. And I think, really? I don't like that song. But again, I'm, we're not looking for a bunch of reproduction cop, carbon copies of me. The Lord knows what you need when you need it. It's not about me. It's not about us. How, I mean, yes, I, I, of course I'm a preacher and I, I get it. But I, I mean, how many people have never heard the name Jesus in the right context? I want us to sing songs I don't like because I'll learn to like them. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. You know what song I used, to not, I used to not like? I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. I used to not like oceans. I don't know. Some of you are like, well, really? I, I didn't. And, and, and then one, and we sang it pretty often. Maybe we need to sing it again, but we sang it pretty often. And one time, we, I, I was sitting right over here, and that song came on, and I was like, oh, great, oceans. You know, I, that was kind of really my attitude. And I don't know what it was, but Amanda was leading it that Sunday. She had come back home, and Amanda was leading it. And I mean, God, just, it was like he just reached into my spirit and did something. And I'm going to tell you, even now, still, and that was several years ago. I, I make sure it's on my prayer list and my playlist. I love listening to oceans. Now, God just did a shift in me. I want to be friends with people who are old. I want to be friends with people who are young and, and in between. Because all of that points to a, to a healthy church. God's church must be a diverse church. And so to be a diverse church, you know what that means? It means not everything that happens will hit home for you. But as we mature and follow the Lord, what we understand is they may not be hitting me, but it's hitting somebody. If you only heard what we hear sometimes, if you only heard, especially people with the unchurched background or rarity in church, I mean, there, it's like so common that like, people will come visit us and when they come into this room, they don't know why before anything happens, and they're crying. Well, you and I know what that is. That's the Spirit of God working. That's a sign of a healthy church. Let's be a church that builds the kingdom. I want you to stand with me this morning. Thanks for tuning in to the Odessa First Assembly podcast. If you've enjoyed today's message, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on social media for updates and inspirational content throughout the week. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Odessa First AG. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our Sunday morning services at 10.30 a.m. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Church Online. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Odessa First Assembly Podcast.